Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smod Coast Morning Show. Blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Well, now that was just a clusterfuck. I apologize for that. Uh, good morning, everyone. We we're listening to the Smodcast this Morning Show Tuesday, West Coast Edition. I am a host, Marty Yu. I'm here with Giselle Net. Giselle Net. Yes. Hi, Giselle. Hello, everybody, and hello, Marty. And in direct defiance to uh, Labor Day rules, we are both wearing white proudly. Oh, that's right. I did not even think of it. Yeah. So we, um, and I had, uh, <laughs> to no one's surprise, I had some uh, technical difficulties. And we might continue to have technical difficulties because I'm at the helm. And also, I've just been having really spotty internet. So uh, if we go down, I hope we don't. Um, but let's just all pray to the Time Warner gods that we stay up. But everything is recording. I'm looking at the little. You know, little bars go up and down. So we are recording. So this will be potted. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can tweet in at Nooner Dan Marty, or you can email us at noonerpodcast at gmail.com, or you can listen to the, listen, you can read the Tumblr, which is tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com, which is maintained by Darren Husted and uh, Tyson Saner. So thank you guys for that. And, um, uh, yeah. You bring up a really good point uh, when you I mention... Know. I know, I do. Spotty, <laughs> ...spotty internet. And it made me think, there are more things in the world that it's not good to have them be spotty than it's good to have them be spotty. For instance? Mm, uh, your MRI scan, your internet connection, your underwear... <laughs> you know when you say to someone my underwear is spotty that's not really good <laughs> well is it is it devastating though is it as no. devastating as having your porn interrupted you know oh. with a spotty internet <laughs> or your mri or your or your mri my mri was spotty <laughs> <laughs> yes okay that that that's is a bad, bad thing to be spotty but uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because usually that's an indication of something. Right. But also, I would say you, you, if your underwear is spotty, that's an indication of something. <laughs> <laughs> Just poor hygiene. Basically, every time something is spotty, it's an indication of something. And <laughs> usually, we don't want these things to be indicated. Yeah, th- th- yeah that's true. Um, poor spotty. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, if you had a dog named Spot, cute. Dog named Spotty. Uh, Okay, we got to get on to the news. My puppy Spotty and my other dog is Dodgy. (laughs) Dodgy and Spotty. Not not really reliable pets as uh, as pets go. Um, Gosh, I can't even get onto my Twitter. This is terrible. (laughs) My world is exploding. Um, I wonder why. Oh, I see. I think it's... I still know. am getting internet on. All right. Well, that that's not very uh, interesting news. The interesting news that is that trumps the the wars in uh, Syria and, and Ukraine and that are more important than the race riots in 
or the the uh, riots in Ferguson. But you got to see Jennifer Lawrence's chest without clothing on top. Oh, see, a few weeks ago, Kate Upton took a huge stand saying that she wouldn't pose nude because of the internet and social media. And uh, over the weekend, the internet and social media, specifically uh, 4chan, I, and I guess there was a, a photo, it started from a photographic anonymous sharing site, uh, and then eventually blew up on Reddit. They got a glimpse of Kate Upton as well as several, several other female celebrities in the nude. In the nude. 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 Um, <laughs> naked picture surfaced of Kristen Dunst. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jennifer Lawrence, some female soccer players, and pop stars, and on down the line. Did you look at them? You know, I. You know, the internet had this like stroke and mm. massive orgasm at the same time, and um, you know, in my it's your answer is spotty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did look at them. I, I, looked, I looked at a at couple, them. and then I realized I don't really care. <laughs> I looked at, uh, I would say, a handful, not all of them, but I looked enough to see what was up. And You uh, know what? It turns out that all those women have boobs. They're all very beautiful. All yeah. of them very beautiful ladies. And, yeah, uh, so it became so popular, a subreddit Reddit was created called The Fappening. <laughs> That's really funny. Where people posted photos, comics, comments, photoshops, you know, mashups and all sorts of... Remind us to hydrate. <laughs> Explain. Well, I guess uh, everybody who was looking at the pictures was getting pretty excited. And somebody, some nice public health-minded person said, well, just in your excitement, please remember to hydrate. Uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> I thought so, too. <laughs> um, what were some of the other comments, do you remember? Uh, somebody said, okay, this is not PC. <laughs> they said this is the biggest internet happening uh, to happen since nine eleven. Biggest thing to be talked about on the internet. And somebody said, but this time the towers is going up. <laughs> Zing! Zing! Um, wait, we have a. And somebody said, well, on the one hand, I feel bad for Jennifer Lawrence and all those ladies have their privacy invaded, but on the other hand. Actually, that hand is busy. <laughs> That's what they say. I thought that was pretty funny, too. By the way, if are, are we streaming or not? I can't tell. Uh, can you just... Someone tweet in if you just heard me say tweet in. Because, um, yeah, it's maddening. Uh, in my mind, it's not that big of a thing. All these photos are kind of lousy. <laughs> like They're like, you know... Well, somebody did point that out, too, that we can bust out the HD camera for, you know, pictures of food. But all of a sudden, every time someone's going <laughs> to take a naked picture, it's with the potato camera. Yeah. <laughs> potato camera? That's what they call it. Oh. It's a potato cam. Um, yeah. All the, like, you understand why professional photographers get paid what they paid. And, but if you want grainy photos of your favorite celebrities with minimal makeup, posing naked in shittily lit hotel rooms and, you know, go right ahead, right? Yeah, I huh? guess so. Well, you know, I, uh, we was discussing this last night, yesterday evening, and, and I was, we was joking about it. But, you know, uh, Scott Mendelson, a writer on Forbes.com, he uh, 
he says some really smart things. He say Jennifer Lawrence nude photo leak isn't a scandal. I guess some of the medias have been calling it a scandal. He says it's not a scandal, it's a sex crime. And when I first read that headline, I think, oh, you're making too much a big deal out of it. Scott. Right. I mean, people make, throw that term around, you know, if you whistle at somebody, yeah. as a sex crime. But this is what I think. I think that sex crime is a really strong word. And there's a difference between a physical assault and, and this kind of assault, this leaking of these photos. But this is the point he made that I do agree with. Uh, he say it's not a scandal because a scandal in, imply that the ladies did something wrong. You know, that they was misbehaving. And he says they wasn't. They was taking private photos for their own private use. And they had an expectation of privacy. They have not done anything immoral or illegal. So it's not a scandal on their part. It is a crime against them, an invasion of their privacy and whatnot. I think, yes, that's a good point. They did not do anything wrong. No, absolutely not. Um, And they have nothing to apologize for, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. um, What Mary Elizabeth Winstead said uh, something in here her uh, Twitter, where she said, to those of you looking at photos I took with my husband years ago in the privacy of our own home, hope you feel great about yourselves. Um, and then she got a lot of flack for that, from people saying, well, if you're in the public, uh, you know, uh, you shouldn't pose nude. But it's exactly what this guy was saying, that it's in the privacy of their own home. So oh, for those of you... Private use. Yeah, private use, yeah. For those of you who don't know... Um, there was a these, there was a breach of the iCloud. So, uh, a lot of people, um, like I certainly have this feature on my phone, but um, they have their phone backed up immediately to the cloud, uh, iCloud. Um, so, Apple maintains this uh, doubles of all the. Uh, you got to use the mouse pad there. Uh, <laughs> And um, then do what with it? I don't even know how to. Oh, well, so you, you know, you just have a backup of everything. So you don't have to store everything on your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can take movies, you know, all a uh, hundred photos of your kid, like jumping in the pool, and then you, it backs them all up. Um, but the problem is that there was a, uh, a back door that people could use, that somebody exploited um, using the uh, Find My iPhone. Uh, Feature. So there's a, a feature for an iPhone that if you lose it, you can track it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a, a password that you need to use to, to get there. Am I boring you? Yeah. It a got little a bit. little technical. A little technical. But anyhow. The point uh, is, they, the they set up a, ma- a, a program there where, where they could hack it into it and just yeah. put all combinations of passwords. Apple has since fixed it, the patch, but the damage has been done. It was suspected to have been done weeks ago. Uh, where some nerd just went into like went to every female celebrity's email account or iCloud account and, and sucked them down. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of it is a a gross invasion of privacy. I was I was thinking about if somebody invaded my iCloud and saw uh, all the pictures of dogs and <laughs> lost dogs and. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I think I took a picture of a rash that I sent to my dad, and I said, "Is this bad?" 
<laughs> what did he say? Get to the emergency room. And now that was for an infection. It was spotty, wasn't it? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I see. Mine would all be pictures of cats and broccoli. For some reason, I have a lot of pictures of broccoli. Uh, so, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not worried about people looking at that. But as far as the Mary Elizabeth Winstead, what she tweeted and the, the backlash that she get, I don't disagree with her. She's right, you know, and, and these ladies have a right to be really mad, really mad and sad maybe if they're sad or hurt. I don't know what. At the same time, I was thinking if it was me and I was a public figure, this is an opportunity. The damage is done. The pictures is out there. They're never going to go away. That's done. I might tweet something uh, that show I'm a good sport, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it'd do any good to chastise anybody, but you could uh, make yourself look PR, good for PR, if you just try to be a good sport about it and tweet something like, well, you know, there I am in all my glory. <laughs> Send me pics back. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> But you know, try to try to make something good out of it. What do you think, Marty? Yeah. Um, well, I think not try to make something good out of it, but just try to be a big sport since it's already done. Uh, yeah, Kirsten Dunn said thanks, iCloud, and then she had the emojis of a slice of pizza and a, a pile of poop. Pizza so, poop. Pizza shit. Pizza shit. Oh, pizza, pizza shit. shit. Yeah. Oh. That's really clever. I had not heard that one. Okay, see, that's, yeah, that's a little bit clever. Uh, the only response I've heard from Jennifer Lawrence uh, was from her people. And they say, anybody trading in the pictures can be prosecuted or something like this, you know. Yeah, she, her, her were, team has her demanded team. an investigation and the FBI has been looking into it. They're very mad. So does it, do you, why did you look at the photos? Uh... Why did Eve have a bite of the apple? Because it's there. Well, I, I don't... It would not occur to me not to. Because they're out there. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. And uh, I thought about this too last night after I read Scott Mendelson's great article. And I, said, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, did I commit a sex crime against Jennifer Lawrence by looking at her picture? But then I think... I don't know. It's do, do it matter to her if I see? She she and I have never met. We never will, you know. So so I, I, it just would not occur to me not to look because it's there to be looked at. Yeah, yeah. I but well, it's not there to be looked at. It's once it was put out there, it's right. there. It's right, available. Right, right, right. I know that what I'm saying. Which is why Kate Upton didn't want to pose naked. Ever, you know, yeah, specifically for that reason. Yeah, I. I think By the way, saggy boobs. No, I'm <laughs> what? I'm They're all beautiful. These I was thinking, like, you know, if I looked that good, I would have a bunch of naked pictures of myself just for my own, you know, just. You do your whole house in wallpaper of beautiful you. We would come in and we say, Marty, what is this wallpaper? It is my junk. <laughs> don't, don't you think it's yeah. beautiful it's photos of my junk yeah wouldn't uh yeah you want to no i wouldn't i wouldn't sell it but yeah feel free to peruse <laughs> <laughs> i don't look like that now but at one point i did <laughs> i 
you know, I did go to a lady's house, a friend of mine. I have not spoken into her, to her in quite some time. But I went in and she had a naked photo of herself on the wall. It was a photo, photo from behind, so just her rear end. Uh-huh. But it was there, framed. Well, don't you have a picture of in your bathroom? That's not me. Oh, it's not you? No. Oh. Uh, Marty is mentioning in the bathroom there is a picture of a woman taking a photograph of herself in the mirror. But this was before cell phones. It's, she's doing it with a film camera. And you don't see her face or her... She's covering all the important bits and her swimsuit area is below the counter. So you basically just see her belly. But no, it's not me. It was a friend oh. of mine. You should just say it to you. Why not? Really? <laughs> no, well, why do you have it up there? I love that photograph. Yeah. To me, it speaks to a certain period of time and womanhood in that time because there's all the medicine jars and uh, ablution jars around the, the sink that you can see. Ablution like, jars? Well, Listen like to jars you. Of, that's actually the wrong thing. Uh, unguents. salves beauty things in the jar so there's all these beauty things and the hairbrush on the counter and then her very womanly belly right to me it's a it's a picture of womanhood i love it well the big story here i think is can we trust the crowd the cloud and i no no that's clear you know you got those services like dropbox evernote icloud google you know, and I, I rely on them. I post this. You should just take, I read something. Someone was asking, what do we regular people do to protect ourselves? And um, they were saying, just encrypt your stuff. There's programs to encrypt, double authenticate something, something. I don't know the technical, but if you just encrypt it, take the extra step to encrypt it before you upload Right, right. You'll be fine. I mean, that's an extra step. Yeah. If it were automated, that would be one thing. Because it's nice to be able to just... I can go on anyone's computer and access my music. Well, that's the whole problem, Marty. If it's uh, automated, then somebody's going to build a back door. Right, right. Well, I mean, so you, you trade this convenience for security. That's... it's. The, Yes, we trade everything for and, security. And, you know, if somebody wants to, I, you know, most of my data is just my music collection. And uh, if somebody wants to go on Google Music and hack into it. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. There's no Night. Bay City Rollers. <laughs> there's no Bay City Rollers no in Bay City music rollers, collection? No. Well, then I'm not into it. <laughs> That's what I say just to deter <laughs> would-be music thieves. No, 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 don't worry. There's no, no Bay City Rollers. Nothing, no, nothing to see here. Nothing to listen to here. <laughs> Um, uh, wait, I was going to say one other thing. Um, they also say just keep your private stuff on your own drives. Don't, yeah. Don't connect yeah. So I would say that all the stuff that I have on the cloud is stuff that I don't give a rat's ass uh, about. Like, I mean, it, it's private stuff, but nothing that is going to uh, bankrupt me or, you know, expose me in any way other than like, Oh, here's a, a document I'm working on that yeah. I don't really care if anybody yeah. reads or not. You know, and the interesting thing is it don't actually affect your food and shelter and is anyone hurting you. Nothing in the physical world really, well, no, now I'm just blowing smoke. 
Oh, continue. That's what we do. That's the, that's the purpose well, of this podcast. I was going to say it could because if someone steals your money, then you don't have enough money to pay for your food and your shelter. So that can have an, a physical effect. But I was just thinking in the case of these naked photos, it, it's a story, you know? Like now we have seen... No, I don't like what I'm saying. It's not well-reasoned. I'll change it to this. You know how that By the guy- way, for those of you who just are listening, we're talking about the, I, the iCloud breach and, and uh, the, all the naked photos of boobies. Yeah, those pretty ladies. Uh, you know how, was it Marshall McLuhan who say in the future everybody going to, no, no, it was the other guy with the funny hair. Um, in the future, everybody going to be fi- famous for 15 minutes. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol, he said that. So this, this then made me think, in the future, does that mean that a- any random selfie at some point is going to be worth a lot of money? I don't know if it's going to be worth a lot of money. It might get a lot of clicks. Might get a lot of clicks. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't understand for how 15 that... minutes. <laughs> for 15... Well, there'll be an... Uh, and there'll be an internet equivalent of like, you know, every everybody in the future will get uh, a thousand likes, you know, or a uh, hundred yeah. upvotes, yeah. you know. So someday that for 15 minutes at some as yet undetermined point in the future, that picture of your rash that you sent to your dad uh-huh. is going to get a lot of clicks and everybody's going to say, oh, did you see Marty use rash? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. It turned out to be shingles. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's... Are you okay? Oh, yeah. This is a few years ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's very painful. What do it feel like? Uh, it feels like there's a a big strap across your head and because it, it really pulls on your, your face. And I, I had it on my face. Some people... Most people get it on their backs, but... And then... And what do it look like? It's just on one side of my nose there was just like it was like all bubbly and gross like a scabs like yeah yeah like blister, yeah. Red. yeah and yes and inside my nose too it was so oh, gross and do you know why do they call it shingles what 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 do that mean i don't know it's it's the herpes zoster virus the same virus as chicken pox very sexy stuff people good morning <laughs> welcome to this Marcus morning show where we talk rashes uh, for two hours every tuesday <laughs> this just in from Dan Etheridge. Dan Etheridge says, Hi, first time tweeter, long time host. Miss y'all. All great in Vancouver, now called Dancouver. Oh, that's funny. Missing you, Dan. I uh, hope everything's going well up there. Oh, he say, say the, the time and date uh, since we're back on live for the moment. What? Tyson has requested that oh, we, it's 930? if we are live, please say the time and date. It's 9.30 on September 2nd? That. Yeah. That sound good? Pacific Daylight Time? I'm going to take your word for it. I don't keep track of these things. <laughs> because you don't, uh, you don't worry about that sort of stuff. Wait. Time is just a construct. <laughs> I, there's usually, I just don't keep it in my brain. I, to, get, to sum up, I trust the cloud, and I, but it is a very new technology. And I think that, as the, I think that we shouldn't trust it inherently, but as... It progresses and develops. The security will get better, and it'll be a game of cat and mouse, just just the way every other security thing is. You know, car thieves get more sophisticated, and then car security gets better, and that doesn't prevent you from driving or buying a car, right? That's true. Yeah. 
And so you know how I mentioned Scott Mendelson at Forbes.com? Oh, is he a friend of yours or something? Well, no, this is what I wanted to mention. I just happened to be looking By the way, you should, everyone if you should read that um, article. Yeah, it was a uh, He talks about uh, the iCloud breach being an, a sex crime and not a scandal. Because the ladies did not do anything wrong. They were victimless. They were trying, minding their own business, being private. Yeah, they were the victims. They were not looking for attention at all. And they have nothing to apologize for. Uh, but the funny thing was, that article have got almost 1.5 million views, right? His previous uh, blog posts on Forbes.com, they get 5,000 views, 10,000, one have 13,000. So do you think last night, when he's watching that click count go up and up, he's really happy? My article got 1.5 oh, yeah. million views. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the writer's right to be read. Say that five times fast. <laughs> writer's right to be read. 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 That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Writer's right to be read. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are having just terrible internet problems. So I'm, I've been looking into this. I was on the phone with Time Warner uh, last night, and they did not help me. Um, but I will what? get on. The cable company was <laughs> unhelpful to you. <laughs> they said that we'll call me back at 11 today. So we'll see if that, I can get uh, fix that. Um, last, uh, yesterday, we saw a, a film, yes, a film, a film? Um, called The Trip to Italy. Are you all familiar with the Trip series? I think it's, we can call it a series now, right? There, there are two of them. Uh, the first one um, being a trip to northern England, I believe. Uh, it stars Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon as themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch the first one on Netflix right now. I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Rob Brydon uh, is a famous impressionist, and Steve Coogan is a, an actor. I would say Rob Brydon is more than just an impressionist. He's well, a he's comedic known, actor. Yeah, but he's known as an impressionist. But yeah, mm-hmm. we really liked him in um, Gavin and Stacey. Mm-hmm. He, he played the sexually ambiguous uncle. Never get resolved, but so, so funny. So funny. Just, just uh, yeah. Um, he has an enthusiasm to him that is just so likable, where it could have he's, easily been creepy. He's affable. Affable, yes. But like just, just right on the hair line of being creepy, right? You know? Like I think that's that you keep thinking it's gonna go there and he's just like just affable. He's just telling you who he is. I love him. Oh you're looking tense there, you know. Oh yeah. You know. Do you mean in Gavin and Stacey? In Gavin and Stacey. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. In general he's affable. Yes. Um, by the way, good morning to everybody. I didn't say good morning to all these incredibly patient people who have been just dealing with our crappy stream business. Uh, that includes Jadlin and Lou and Jenny Marie and Darren and Tyson um, and Stephen and uh, Hyper Canadian and, um, and not Dan Etheridge because I guarantee he's not listening to the show because he's producing fantastic TV. Um, so, did you like the, the so the sequel to the trip uh, was a trip the trip to Italy and they go to Italy. What? <laughs> and what do they do there? They have a trip. They <laughs> eat. They drink, and they mostly they talk, and they're just so funny. And 
It's a great movie. It's really funny. Their conversations, the way they poke at each other. and They do this great thing where they put each other down and yet that leads to, they build on that. Like, yeah. And it leads to more funny things. And they do little jokes and scenarios amongst themselves. They're, they're nice and they get along. They like each other. And Even though they put each them. other down. Yeah, it's, it's fun it's to crazy. watch them play. Here's where I wish Bill were here because they follow the rules of improv where somebody says some assigns something like, oh, you're, that's a terrible impression. And then the other person takes it and makes it worse. Yes, and, you know. they, 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 they listen to each other and they follow and play. Yeah. It's, it's, it was like hanging out with two funny guys and having <laughs> dinner a lot of times in Italy. Yes, and it was to the point where somebody in our party thought that it was a documentary. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and said like, and the end credits, there were actors playing the, some of the roles and there was a, a moment of confusion. Uh, and that's how the, the intimacy that you have when you're, when you're with these two guys just having a good yeah. time. Uh, it was, and it's also really beautiful. Um, and it got into something we were talking about um, that the lighting, the light, the quality of light is different from the trip, which is, takes place in England, and the trip to Italy, uh, which is um, in, in the Mediterranean, the Malfi Coast. And there... And it's not just the setting, and you know, certainly there's, but there, all the settings and the, the atmospherics, they, they take on a quality where the light has a different quality. And that's something I noticed, and you uh, tried to get me to quantify it, and I couldn't very well, so I, it's shame on me for bringing it up. Characterize it. Characterize it. Yeah, there, there's a warmth to the, and a vibrancy to the light in Italy. That, and it's not like just because it, it's a, takes place in the colder time in the first one that it's a colder light. It's there. It's a, um, it's, there's still a, a, a clarity to that light, but it just feels, uh, less, um, like I was saying that here in LA, you know, I'm looking outside right now and there's a, it's this, we're in the same climate as the Amalfi Coast. You're still not giving the descriptive word. But you I'm stopped s- before the adjective. No, but I'm saying right now, like, I'm not seeing the same vibrancy here. Vibrancy. Vibrancy, uh, yeah. Because you, you just stopped right before the money shot. You say it's a lot less, and I'm going, yeah, okay, what's going to mm-hmm. be the adjective? That's well, going to be You'll it. never know. Um, a lot less what? Vibrant? <laughs> yeah, I, I think... Um, because like right now, there's a, there's more of a haze here, yeah, uh, and uh, and that just makes LA, and, and it's not just that it's the fact that it's smoggy means that the the way that we perceive colors is different. is is different. It's muted, and it's a quality I like. I mean, I I like the way that this, this LA looks, but it doesn't look like that. I have so people say this all the time. Oh, the light is different. In Italy or here or there, and one of our friends last night was saying the light is different in New York. And then, then it was funny. I said, "What's the light in like in New York?" And she said, "I don't know. Someone just told me that the <laughs> light is different." I read an article. <laughs> but this is what I wonder. Uh, I, I, 
I want to, I guess I want to see it for myself because I, I always think, well, if it's coming to me through a camera lens that somebody else photographed, then how can I know what is the quality of light in Italy and what is the quality of what the camera have done to it? Anyway, I just wonder it. That, that is my pitch for, for someone to send me to Italy <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I can look at the light. So the movie was very, um, very funny, very engaging, and it, it, it was uh, moving. It sort of talks about the themes of mortality and just uh, achievement, what, why we do the meaning things we do. Life, meaning, meaning of life. Meaning of one's life. Right. Do I make it? Um, which we don't see in a lot of movies here, uh, American movies. Yeah, So right. uh, my question to you and anybody listening, again, I, I think we're not, we're having computer problems again. Um, what, what uh, if you saw an American, the trip, what two actors would you want to see? Oh, my goodness. That's really interesting. What two actors in the American trip? Hmm. I don't know a lot of American actors. <laughs> but you have some ideas. Uh, uh, Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. What? Oh, we can do old time no, people? No, it would have to be current ones. Well, I guess I would want it to be somebody funny and somebody willing to be introspective at the same time, like these guys were. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, in a way it's similar to comedians getting coffee in cars. Yeah. Except they, those guys talk, just talk about comedy. And yeah. not... not uh, maybe Louis... Louis C.K. because he's mm-hmm. uh, introspective and funny. Although I'm a little Louis C.K.'d out. Yes, I think a lot of people are, uh, and that's not to say that he shouldn't keep doing what he's doing. He but. should keep doing just me. I'm taking a break. Mm-hmm. It's not you, Louis. It's me. <laughs> um, yeah, but he might be good because uh, he's he's pretty funny, and yeah. he is introspective. Uh, um. What about someone like Will Ferrell or, uh, or any of the Daily Show crew, the Saturday Night Live people? I find them all very, uh, they all have a snarkiness or an irony or a, a sarcastic sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a, there's a, a genuineness to Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon that I really like. Right. And that, that someone like um, Louis C.K. has uh, similarly. A more, yeah, a little. He's a more little willing more to be raw and real himself. Right. Vulnerable. Right. Vulnerable. Yeah. No, it's an interesting question, and I don't. I don't know if you know. If Who we, would be the worst ones to have in an American? Uh, Rob Schneider and, and Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn <laughs> together having dinner. Oh, no, Talking you about know, the deep shit. You know who would be intense? Uh, what's that guy's name? He's really into human growth hormone, and he used to be on that uh, news radio show. or talk. Joe Rogan? Yeah, Joe Rogan. That guy's intense. Yeah, but he has a very popular co- podcast. Yeah, he has. he's very popular, but I don't know if I'd want to go on a road trip with him. He's <laughs> an intense guy. Yeah, and he loves his pot. Oh, he does? Yeah, and he has the, those... Um, so maybe he's relaxed. He has one of those sensory deprivation tanks. Have you ever tried those? I have not. Oh, that sound, those sounds really 
awesome. And basically, they're, they're people, they take hallucinogenics, and then they go in these tanks, and they, go, they stay for like eight hours, just, just tripping balls. Yeah. So in these tanks, like they set, they're set to a certain temperature, so it feels completely neutral. Yeah. And then they control the air, so it feels completely neutral. And then. And do he just go in sober, or do he smoke? No, no, no. He, he takes a hallucinogen. He takes a hallucinogen yeah. and then goes. Yeah. In. A, a lot of people do that. It's like a thing. Have you ever done it? No, no. And they, and it's it, they put a bunch of salts in the water, so you're you're just float, and so it just feels like like nothing's touching you. I would go crazy. That, to me, is the definition of insanity. I can't hold still. Like right now, my knee is just bouncing up and down. And, and, and just, I couldn't be alone with my own thoughts for that long. I was thinking the same thing. Of all, I was thinking of all my organs in my whole body. Mm. My brain is the one that caused me the most problem. Well, I think probably the same for most people. Yeah. Every other organ just quietly going about its business. My heart is beating, my kidney is doing what it do, my liver, yeah. all of this. But my brain, it's always worrying, telling me bad things, getting me upset, trying to make everything its business, what isn't its business. <laughs> and how do you fix that? Well, I'm learning to ignore it. I used to fight with it. And I would say, brain, don't think that. And my brain would go, I'm thinking it. And I would go, don't think it. And we just would have a tug of war and spiral down into it a tight little fusion ball of, of antagonism. But now, I try to loosen my grip and I don't take my thoughts so seriously. I think, okay, brain, you're thinking that. Well, that's your business. You go ahead and think it, but I don't have to believe it. Um, I have been... I, I decided over the weekend that I'm going to change some things. I want to get a little... You know, your uh, wallpaper. I want to change my wallpaper to uh, wallpapers uh, with photos of my junk, <laughs> my fine, fine junk in its prime <laughs> and healthiest and hardiest. Oh, is your junk unhealthy now? Well, that's what I want to fix. I want to get it back into shape. <laughs> I need to do cock push-ups. Um, <laughs> I don't ever want to hear that combination of words again. <laughs> that's tenacious D reference. Oh my um, goodness. The, uh, no, I want to, you know, like, like I once lost a job because they, like they said I was too fat. Oh. So I never want to lose a job for that. So. And, and you're going for the wrong jobs. Um, oh, well, we'd have paid a, a bunch of money. I know, but a, I don't like jobs a, that make you feel bad about yourself. Credit you're card beautiful. Commercial. No, but I just don't want to have, I want to just get a little more fit and, uh, you know, just be, a, in general, a little more healthy. Um, so, I, I, you know, set up a bunch of, a list of things I wanted to do for, for so how do you change your habits? Um, I tried, uh, there's uh, something I discovered on Reddit. Oh, Reddit again. Yes, oh, I you love, love the Reddit. I they do. should call it Gisette. Gisette. <laughs> I said it, just said it. I'm gonna read it, read it, read it. Um, <laughs> I don't. There was a there's a group on there called the X Effect. The, the X, X Effect. Effect. Today's and episode brought to you by the X the Effect. X Effect. And what it is is a motivational method of just. Uh, 
putting X's in a box every day for 49 days. 49? Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, you do seven weeks. Oh, my God. So okay. you just make yourself a little grid of 49 boxes, and you declare a new habit that you want to achieve, you want to take on, mm -hmm. and you make an agreement with yourself to do it every day. And you, every day you do it, you put a little X in the box. And you start simple. So for me, I started with, um, I'm going to do uh, 30 minutes of exercise or yoga every day. That's a lot for some people. Yeah. So, and then for, I also did a creative writing one. I said 10 minutes of creative writing. So you can do a short. You can just do 10 minutes or I'm going to do five sit-ups, whatever. Start small. Mm. Something that you really can do every day. Because... Uh, Just the act of putting those little X's in the boxes and you, you're building your little chain of X's, it have a really strong motivational effect. And you, and so you, you did it? I did it. And uh, did the habits stick? stick? Uh, the writing did not stick. I don't write every day, but the exercise stuck. And I'm, I really li like exercising in this way, yoga or walking up the hill. So I do it and I, I keep myself feeling good and pain-free with that. And I am doing a lot of more writing, but just not every day. Mm -hmm. And I did not even do uh, the 49 days unbroken. I mean, I did oh, it. Oh, what happens if you miss a day? Yeah, then you have a hole on that day on your little card, but then you just get right back in it. That's where the real power comes, is get right back in it after you have a hole. And you don't beat yourself up. What you, if you have like... Half empty boxes. You let those be a reminder that you're terrible and you no. can't stick with your own no, you anything. Look, you you're a loser. No, you're a loser. <laughs> I said the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the excess that you did have and you just jump right back in. Or maybe you reevaluate what what it was that you had set as your habit, and maybe it's not something you really want to do. Yeah, um, but that worked for me. The X effect, just putting those X's in boxes. Right. And then the other thing that I do is uh, work on truly real self-acceptance. If my life don't look like... That sounds terrible. Uh, it's a harder job, but listen, this is what I was going to say. If my life don't look like what it... What I believe, oh, my life's supposed to look like this, and I'm supposed to be earning this much, and I'm supposed to look like this and not look like that... That go in your head and make you crazy. And I'm really, it sounds so cliche that I'm working on letting go of all of that. But, <laughs> but there really is something to, to say, no, you know, this is what my life looked like. And this is what my face looked like. And this is my weight. And, and that I'm happy that way, no matter what the internet say or the TV say. Right. Yeah, that's but but at the same time you still have the agency and will to change things that I want to that you yeah. want to yeah. yeah yeah I must I must I must improve my bus <laughs> that's one that's going to be my first fifty but it's the rest of it the, the bigger I, the better the tighter the sweater oh all right that's something, a good one something yeah. something that's uh, from Judy Bloom or something like that. Um, Well, that's excellent, excellent advice. I'm going to try that. Uh, I'll have 49 little X's for not going to Taco Bell. 
That, that's a doable one, right? Yes. Just for today, I won't go to Taco Bell. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Um, and uh, 49 ones for I will not murder small children. Ooh, I broke that habit. <laughs> <laughs> Victory is mine. You should look at the X effect. You, you would like well, it. It's you really, just explained it. Yeah, yeah. Do the, I need any more? Well, there's this one user on there. Um, his name is Bomb Joke. And he has a lot of really great things to say about it. More yeah. motivational than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was pretty motivational. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to try it? I'll try it. Oh, you di- like you're so, so on, on what you do also is you write down the goal and you write down the reasons you want to achieve that goal. Like uh, what would be a goal for you? A habit that you want to develop over these 49 days. Um, not, to, not to go to Taco Bell. Okay, to, yeah. to refrain from Taco Bell. Yeah. Okay, so you put that down, refrain from going to Taco Bell. And then you say, what are the reasons? So tell me, what are three reasons why you want to refrain? Oh, it just, yeah, it, it, feel, it fills me with shame after I go there. Fills you with shame? It's a waste of money. Waste of money. And it's uh, bad for my health. Bad for your health. Great. So you put all that down, mm-hmm. then you have your, your grid of boxes, and you start Xing away. Oh. Okay, do okay. it. Report back, yeah? Um. Yeah, yeah, I'll we'll see. Meanwhile, uh, tell me if you can do this. I stopped eating some fast foods after I read the book Fast Food Nation. Yeah. By Eric Schlosser. <laughs> Schlosser. Yes. Great book, and it made me realize the damage that fast food do to our bodies and the planet and uh Wages. For the record, I do get just the vegetarian options at uh, Taco Bell. Ah. Well, I guess you could argue that the beef could technically be partly vegetarian (laughs) since it's... It's, What is it? Cardboard? Sawdust? No, no. They put all sorts of fillers in there. There's only like a, a... a percentage of beef in it. Yeah, you know? a percentage of beef. Yes. Uh, my father used to say when he was a kid, he he, he come to America and um, he he said they used to have a brand of hot dogs. The, the hot dog stand would say, "Hot dogs, all beef." And then later on, as times change and things deteriorate in quality, he go back and he say he said say all meat, hot dogs, all meat. Then he go back and they say, hot dogs, all American. (laughs) (laughs) Made of ground up Americans. (laughs) Uh, So I don't eat that much fast food, but the the things that fast food is good for, which is taste and convenience Mm -hmm. and uh, cheap price, those things are true. And in honesty, part of me every day miss the taste of all that bad food. Oh, sure. Because I love the taste of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's been engineered to, oh, to be very... It was successful engineering. Yeah. I used, So I like to talk about it. Would it. Is it going to be a, a trigger for you if I oh, talk about n- what no. I used to love at Taco Bell? No, no, no. I used to love the, uh, the pizza. The, the uh-huh, Mexi- Mexican, Mexican pizza. pizza. Oh, <laughs> Crispy and the cheese on top, and it have a little bit of meat. Um, quote unquote meat. Quote unquote meat. Eighty-eight percent beef. Eighty-eight um, percent. That's yeah. higher than I thought. Yeah, I, you know, because it's seasoned. It has seasons seasoning in it. You know, and things. So, uh, that yeah. that doesn't seem unreasonable to me. Um, 
Yeah. So, so that, that would be one. And then, yeah. And then, I mean, I do exercise every day, so that's not a, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, you do. You have your doggy, so you walk. Run. Oh, you run. Yeah. Oh, I'm impressed. Yeah. How yeah. are your joints holding up? Uh, not so great, but, you know, we'll see. Well, it, it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay, so I'm going to try that. Are, are you trying to break a habit right now? No. The other thing that I do, what I told you, the self-acceptance, mm-hmm. that's more what I'm into these days. So <laughs> I'm just like letting it all ride. <laughs> the, the universe meant me to have this chalupa. A lot of what I have done in my life was motivated from beliefs and conditioning that come from outside of me. I'm supposed to do this with my life. I'm supposed to be successful. And as you know, I always wanted to be a famous button designer. Nobody believes me. No one can relate to it emotionally. But say it was something like you always uh, want to be a doctor or you always want to be a famous actor. You know, think of it like that. So I always want to be a button designer and it did not work out for me. And that was heartbreaking for me. Heartbreaking. Mm. It don't work out the way I thought it would and the way I want. So now I'm thinking, it, can I reevaluate those beliefs that said that that was the only worthy life? Well, there's the, 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 the thought of achievement versus the thought, the enjoyment of the act. That's right. Right. I still enjoy to make buttons mm-hmm. very much, but now I just do it for, just for the enjoyment and not for, try not to do it for any belief that it's going to get me anywhere or it's going to work out. Right. But it, when it does work out, sure is nice. Well, just, I, I can't think about working. I can't think about the result. Mm-hmm. I have to only think about the action and just doing the action because it gives me pleasure. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean about really taking it back to what is coming from my heart as opposed to beliefs about what I'm supposed to be doing. Right, right. Um, by the way, if you know, uh, I was thinking back to the trip, uh, if any listener can think of two people they would want to see on the uh uh, Americans, they would want to see having dinner all across the country or in Italy or in Canada. Uh, let us know at NoonerDamMartyNoonerPodcast at gmail.com. Um, a bunch of people have given up on the stream because... I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It's yeah. it's ridiculous, and I apologize. It's, it's it's maddening. So we'll see what I can do with customer service. I'm sure they're going to blame me somehow for it. But. You know, you could come to my house to do it. Okay. Perhaps. We well, get good internet. Right. We have, our neighbors have yapping dogs. Oh, well then I'll feel right at home. <laughs> they have a little dog. And a big dog. And a big dog. And they, uh, the little dog just stand outside and go... Wah, 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 wah. That's, that's a, a theme of the podcasts on the Smodco network. Um, so that's yeah. I, we'll we'll, we'll consider, but um, I hope I would be better if my internet just worked. Um, did you have something you wanted to talk about? I did. I did. First of all, a terrible thing happened to me this morning. Uh, I I come over here on my way, and I bring with me a bowl of oatmeal. I think I have mentioned it before. It tastes like wet cardboard, but I like it. 
I put in blueberries and I put in uh, cinnamon and bananas. Pretty tasty. So I put my bowl on the in the footwell of the passenger seat of my car as I drive over here, and it goes through my brain as I'm pulling out of the driveway. Hey, you better be careful because that oatmeal could slide right out of the bowl. Well, I drive over here, no problem, no problem. Just focusing on my driving. Can I, I guess what happens next? <laughs> yeah, I think you will know. You arrived here, and uh, you brought your bowl, and then you finished your oatmeal. And when meal. did you see my bowl? It, it seemed uh, there wasn't very much in it compared That's to right, last week. Because the rest of it. You ate on the way here. It's all in the footwell of my car. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so that's what I have to look forward to is cleaning up oatmeal from my car. But it was my own fault. Yeah. But this is what I wanted to talk about. Somebody <laughs> was asking a really interesting question on the internet. And I think people, uh, you might like to answer it. And not. Who has the best boobs of the leaked photos? No, it's more interesting than that. N nothing could be more interesting than that. Well, I think they all had very lovely uh, chestages. Okay, what is something that you're still afraid of even after doing it so many times before? And what did some people say? Some people say uh, the first day at a new job. Mm -hmm. Monday mornings, that was a popular one, using my table saw. See, that to me is a healthy fear. Like, people say, like, I'm less worried, I'm more worried about people who say that I'm not afraid of heights than people who say I'm afraid of heights. Because it's healthy to have... Uh, a fear of heights. Like I, so it's healthy to have a fear of your table saw. Uh, yes. I think so Because too. it could take off a finger. Yeah. Or more. Somebody say, uh, going downstairs to the basement to do laundry, going downstairs to the basement to do laundry at night. That uh -huh. always scared them every time. And that one I can really relate to. Uh, growing up, there was the big dumpster, garbage dumpster outside, and we would take our trash out. So sometimes at night, my mother would say, go take this trash out. And I was so scared every time to lift that dumpster lid right, and put the trash in at again, night. Again, that's, a healthy, that's, that's a, a healthy awareness of your environment, you know, because you don't know who could be in there. No one was ever in there. Right. But I would run back to the house, breathing heavy. Um, did you come up with any that you have as an adult? All of these resonate with me. Yeah. Somebody say, uh, putting the hand in the garbage disposal. Yeah, that one. <laughs> you know when you have to reach in to get out a blockage or something? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know the garbage disposal is off and the, the button's way over there. It's not going But part of my brain thinks it's going to turn on well, I think by it's, itself. It's because we've seen so many movies or horror movies where like, oh, my wedding ring's there. I just got to get it. <clears throat> Yeah, in uh, Orphan Black, someone dies yeah. by garbage disposal, and uh, and yeah, it's just it's teased like you see like the scarf like just hovering around the the you know the little whatever uh, incinerator, and then 
you know, it teases you. And like, so as you're doing it, you're like, how, as you're cleaning your own garbage disposal, you're thinking, how would I film this to, <laughs> to maximize like the blood and gore and the effect of, you know, making everybody squirm in their seats. Like, and then you get the inside shot of like fingers sort of around the blades, yeah, like dangling, the, dangling, reaching. and then like just getting the wedding ring. Oh, and then it slips back in again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is a good one. I like that. Getting on a ski lift. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I every think- time I don't go skiing too often, but every time I do that ski lift coming, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna mess it up. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna be the person who make it have to stop. I think of I get fears around high places because I just think, what would it be like to jump? There's a name for that. Go on. I don't know it. Maybe you can Is do your magic on the a internet. Crazy German word for it. Something Freude. There's a name for the fear that you will jump. It's different than fear of hi- heights. It's the fear that you're gonna jump. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't want to jump, just the fear that you're gonna jump. Um, see, my internet's so fucking lousy. Um, oh, the urge to jump. Okay. Um, uh, I've had that too. Yeah, it's a temptation. um, Temptation. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the word for it. Have you ever been? You know, they they they're building those places now that have see-through floors. Yeah. Certain places, like at the Grand Canyon, or yeah, there was a building uh, somewhere that I was that have a part of the floor that is acrylic or whatever, so you can look through it and you can stand on it. It, my, I can't do it. There's something so wrong yeah. in my brain about looking down at my feet standing on air or see-through, not seeing floor beneath my feet. And then there are swimming pools like in apartment buildings, just like <gasps> little ones that yeah, just that, are clear and just hanging over. Oh, like, crazy. yeah, that that is that just freaks freaks my beak. Well, that's another one that put somebody put uh, something that uh, you're still afraid of even after doing it so many times before and they say swimming in natural bodies of water or in deep water. Right. Yeah, just the idea of what is below you. Yeah. And just how expansive it is. Like, you know, if you're yeah. in the open ocean where it's just going miles below you, that's terrifying. That is weird. I think it was the movie Jaws. They yeah. did it for me because I see it when I was a kid and it had that shot of the lady swimming in the, the water legs. from below. And Way that, below. And her legs kicking. Yeah. And then the, um, my brain say, okay, we're done. I'm <laughs> never going swimming again. <laughs> Not even in a lake. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like I do remember just having panics. Sometimes if I'm the only person in a body of water, you know, Ooh. yeah. I'm getting my heart racing <laughs> just thinking about it now. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. That's that's a good question. I like that. Uh, let us know what things that make you. Uh, what is it? Something you're still afraid of, even after doing it so many times before. I think that it's the the ones where there's a threat of of uh, actual bodily harm. I think that those are. Rational, uh-huh. but I yeah. I, I want to know the irrational ones. Somebody said uh, checking their bank balance, signing on to check, and the moment before it come on, they just have a little panic. You know, every time the phone rings, I have a panic because that's very common. That was the number one. Yeah, the phone ringing always gives me a panic because the only people who call me are 
people who want something from me, like, you know, something like on a deadline. I'm like, I'm like oh. oh, where is that thing? And then I think of, did I forget something? You know, so my immediate fear is that I forgot a deadline and somebody's calling me saying, you know, did, why haven't you finished that, writing that thing? You know, that's really interesting because your work is tied to your phone. Right. So right. for you, when the phone ring, it's some kind of work or deadline or right. something like this. Right. Or if it's from my uh, my parents, I immediately think, who died? You know. Oh, yeah. But, ne- you know, never happened. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, wow, that's, that's really interesting. I like that. So then here's the opposite, what I was thinking. What is something that still uh, delight you? Even though you do it many times before, every time Taco you do it, Bell. it still delight you. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Don't, oh, don't do Run it. Run for the border. <laughs> for me, a, a cold shower on a hot day, mm-hmm. that so, feels so good. Um, you're not going to believe this. I like flossing. That always mm. feels good. I love flossing, yeah. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people don't like it. I know you're not supposed to, to Q-tip your ears, but I do, and it feels Helmut good. Helmut liked that one, too. Yeah. My friend Helmut. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, you're not supposed to clean You get a ears. look on his face. Yeah. It's like when Do it, you get a look? I, I imagine. I don't watch myself while I do I it. I want you to check in the mirror next time you it's, do it and see if you get the look. Where like you, a, a dog getting its ass, you know, yeah. its, its butt scratched. You get in yeah. kind of a trance. Yeah. That's so funny. Um Sometimes yeah. when I have seen Helmut do it, and I'm looking at him, and he get the look, he see me looking, and he go, "Look away." <laughs> ah, this um, this weekend I went to like, are you familiar with the 538 blog? No. Okay. Uh, Nate Silver is this statistician who predicted uh, the last two um, uh, presidential races, like oh. down to the state. I think he got one state wrong uh, in one of the elections uh, in the 2008 election. Um, and so he, his blog, he blogged about this for the New York Times, and then that has turned into its own blog now at ESPN, where they study all sorts of statistical phenomena um, and interesting things. And so one of the things that they were doing was doing a sort of fun little bracket on the best burrito in the country. Oh, and I think it might have been announced today, but I haven't I haven't looked at it yet. But um, so I went to, uh, and they did it by regions. They, they did it like a, a bracket, like the um, uh, uh, the NCAA's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to the the one the one that was rated the best in Los Angeles. And you know, do, are you a burrito fan? Are you familiar? Uh, I I get a little bit. Uh Burritoed out, but like, in general, so the, yes. The I burrito is the Louis C.K. of the Mexican culinary world. <laughs> yes, I guess I have said that too many times. No, 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 nonsense. I I eat refried beans every day because they're really healthy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I've grown tired of the. Um, Tortilla, the soft tortilla wrap. These days I'm into the crunch. I want a little crunch. Mm-hmm. So I've been making myself nachos. Nachos. But I put refried beans and a lot of tomato and kale. I put kale on top and a little bit of cheese. You lost me. I lost kale. you at kale. Yeah. Listen, 
I'm just looking at this, not to change the subject from burrito, but on newswise, newswise.com, there is a study from Tufts University, uh, training your brain to prefer healthy foods. Boston researchers see benefit from behavioral weight loss programs decide to, designed to curb food addiction. You can retrain your brain to prefer healthy food instead of junk food. You can break that habit. Why? <laughs> like you say, for your reasons. Right. Uh, but I also like good food. And like good food tastes... Um, I mean, no, I don't want to do that. I want to like... I don't want to like junk food. I just want to like delicious foods. Mm. Um, and to me, kale on a chip with some refried beans... It's not delicious. It's not delicious. When you say it like that. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's how it was presented to me. Well, there's cheese. I put cheddar cheese on there too. Uh-huh. But and you just said a little bit. Yeah. I try to keep it under control with the cheese. But uh, the cheese is really the best part. Let's be honest. Because there's going to be no health food on this burrito bracket. Um, in fact, the one that is in the... the one that its quadrant is called Allen B's Mexican Food. It's in East LA, so I went there, and oh. uh, and I had a delicious. You know, they, the burrito that they say to, that they uh, based it on is a it's a bean and cheese burrito with green chilies. So it's just, it's just like basic, yeah, and which I think is a great way to to uh, look at this because um, mm-hmm. you want to. Um, you want to get the the most simple, you know, the platonic version of what of a burrito. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, you know, so I ate it, and the beans were delicious. They cooked them eighteen hours, and um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a good burrito. And then I was driving away, thinking, this is not, you know, maybe a, a, the difference between a great burrito and a good burrito is not huge. You know, these are sort mm. of subtle things like. Mm. Uh, where I, I I guess I'm not tuned into the like tasting a great burrito doesn't make me uh, uh, my have a, a, a Q-tip moment you know oh yeah yeah, yeah. where my eyes roll in the back of my yeah. head and I start thumping my back foot uh, my back foot <laughs> my foot um, but then I went to the store to get uh, this bakery um to get the, my favorite baguette bakery and the baguettes were hot out of the oven because i was going to a party where they you know i would bring wine uh bread and cheese and and in the car i couldn't resist because it was hot and i just broke off the, the end of the baguette and ate it and that was the i was like this is the best thing ever and mm. and it's weird that a one dollar uh, loaf of bread got me to that that Q-tip mm-hmm. moment, whereas the this burrito that is now you know celebrated on this famous blog is not. I was like, oh, okay, it's good, you know. Mm-hmm. So maybe burritos. I guess I'm not a burrito guy. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm I'm you know a little Are burrito you out. A shawarma guy, shawarma. Uh, that's big in um, uh, what do they call it? Donor. Donor kebab. Yeah, donor kebab. Yeah, yeah. That's big in Germany, right? Yeah, I like them very much, shawarma. Uh, the meat, also, I would I like falafel. 
and the sauces, tahini, and that I like when they put eggplant on there and potatoes. Delicious. <laughs> um, can I change gears here? Yeah, please do. Okay. Um, so, I, I guess we had a top of the hour moment, but uh, Bill is not around to um, to help us out. Um, with that, okay, I'm sorry, I'm totally screwing up here. I, I, go on, tell us more about kebabs. Well, I just remember one, have you had this happen to you when you have something, um, delicious and it, 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 it's a, like you say, a Q-tip moment and then somehow you. That's a new thing. It's going to be, that's a a new thing. Q-tip moment. Yeah. Okay. Go on. But then somehow you can never get it back the same way again. So one time I had this shawarma that was so delicious. And truth be told, I have not ever had it the same way ever again. Where was it? It was at Truly Mediterranean up in San Francisco, California. Uh, Sponsor the show. I think that's on 16th Street between Valencia and Mission. (laughs) Okay, all right. They make a really good one because they put potatoes in there, like I say, and eggplant and the sauces. But it's one of those places where they're not friendly. I'm sorry, truly Mediterranean. If you're listening to this, I have to tell you the truth. You was not friendly. They they seem like they resent my coming in to, ah. to bother them for food. Yeah, I. You know what? I don't. But as long as they bring me my food. That's you fine. don't mind I the don't resentment? Mind, I don't mind resentment, no. For some some places they that's like a a badge of honor, you know. They're they're brassy or they're, you know Surly. Surly. We had the, there was a place here called the the Sushi Nazi, you know, the Sushi Nozawa. And people, you know, would brag about being kicked out because they asked for the wrong thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So that's I, I and as long as the food's good, I don't mind. I guess maybe I'm a little more uh, needy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think about you. Um, all right, hold on. Here we go. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Yeah, that was great. All right. It is the first one is from Steve Owens, who writes in "Good morning, Merps." My wife and I decided we have enough stuff, quote unquote stuff. So our new thing is angel hunting. Now that's an interesting sentence right there. So I assume he he means that he has enough material goods. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the logical thing is to take up. Angel hunting. What is angel hunting? He says, wait, don't hang up. Have you guys ever heard of this? No, I have not. In 1894, Italian sculptor William Story lost his wife. Consumed by grief, he sculpted a grieving angel to stand as her headstone. Well, that just makes me think of uh, Doctor Who. Um, Since then, the angel has been replicated many times. Um, Can... Can you look up a, a William Story angel, please? Mm-hmm. Um, William Story? Yeah. Is there an E in there? Nope. Um, they, are all, they are all over the world grieving for those lost. While the original is in Rome, there are 32 in the U.S. 
Recently, my wife and I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, and that's when I decided this would be our new adventure. There happens to be one right here in Louisville on the grave of actor Victor Mature. Uh, there's also one in a small Mississippi town where um, his wife, where my wife grew up, uh, where her family has been in awe um, of for years. So this really worked out for us as an adventure. This this angel was in the movie last night, the trip to Italy. Oh, really? Yeah, they they was. I noticed it in the movie. It, it, it's beautiful, and it was very affecting. And the movie, and just now, as you were saying it, I thought maybe it's the same one. It is the same one. It's a it's an angel in a long gown slumped over the the tombstone. So you don't see her face. Her head is down in her arm. Right. And her her wings are sort of And down. when you look away, she gets closer to you. Oh, really? Uh no, that's how it worked in Doctor oh. Who. Oh, um this will take us all over the world. Canada, Costa Rica, Luxembourg, the UK, Rome. This past week, when we went to Houston, Texas, hunting for four angels, the most in any city. They are so beautiful, and which we have established. And it is just so striking. So striking. Um, uh, and uh, as my wife, who lost an adult son a few years ago, says, the angel of grief is the truest representation of grief she has ever seen. Yeah. Um, you, know, you don't need to send us pictures. Oh, unless you have pictures of of the ones that you took. Um, yeah, send them to us. Um, anyway, we just, just wanted to share this new adventure with my Tuesday friends. Also, I'm told that there's a cemetery in Cleveland that has a famous um, a building famous for housing a lot of Tiffany glass. I wonder why Bill has uh, never mentioned that. Yeah, come on, Bill. What the fuck? You've told us every other factoid from Cleveland. Um, I love you guys. Bye. That's at Steve Dave forty seven. Uh, Steve, that's that's awesome. Actually, that is a great hobby, and it's also I like that it is con- uh, tied into uh, getting rid of stuff. You know, because we talk about that, Giselle, you and I, about getting not having. Did he stuff. say he's going to get rid of some of his stuff, or just that he have enough? He said we, we have enough stuff. Yeah, and and I like that um, because the idea of. Obviously, this is not a cheap thing going to Costa Rica, Luxembourg, and Rome, and that's not a, a, a cheap hobby to have. But it's certainly a better use of money than buying more stuff. It for some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I, they shouldn't pass judgment on that. Yeah. But, but I think we are in a, a, a society where we do. Uh, a teacher of mine, uh, her name is Catherine Ingram. Mm-hmm. That's Catherine with a C, Catherine Ingram. Uh, she talked about that really collecting objects and collecting experiences a little bit the same. Yeah, like a yeah. little bit we have a belief that we need to fulfill ourselves by collecting these things. Sure. And I would say that the difference between... Um, like, I know that um, that some people go to there's a movie called uh, if it's tuesday it must be belgium you yeah know? that was and funny it's a very cute little movie but it's about a tour bus uh it, it's a sort of romantic comedy through a, a tour bus going through um uh, uh, europe and the idea of traveling to europe in a tour bus and staying in there getting out as a big group and going back in um is to me not a good way just so you can say oh yeah, I've been to the Vatican. 
Oh, yeah, I've been to. That's a collection of experiences. I would say going out and hunting for a, a weeping angel in in Costa Rica is an adventure. Yeah. And that is a fun thing, and it's something they get to do together. Yeah. And, and uh, that is, to me, is diving into an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I know people, I think this might be an Asian thing, but like, you know, they someone's uh someone i know their parents you know went to europe and they like they, they packed like dried noodles like ramen noodles so that they could just eat in the hotel and you know because they were being cheap about it not because they didn't have the money but they just didn't and it just seemed like why bother going to italy if you're going to eat cup of noodles in your hotel room you know like <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you like just just like yeah, so you might as well just stay home and eat yeah. ramen and watch, watch Italian, you know, yeah. uh, documentaries. So, so yeah, I would say that. But I also think think that there are people who genuinely buy things that 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 they use and oh bring, yes, bring of them course, home. there are experiences that that and there's there's no right or wrong. Just it, it, for me, it was interesting to have it pointed out so that I can be discerning for myself and note the difference of when I'm just acting on conditioned beliefs. Right, and I think it's important that we think about these things as we do them or yeah. buy them or yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm certainly guilty. I have a, just a garage full of junk. You know? Oh, are you going to start getting rid of some? I've gotten rid of a lot of it, yeah. but I need to get rid of more and more. Since my mother have passed away, uh, and I still have a lot of her belongings to, that still need to be gotten rid of, it really make clear for me how meaningless our objects are. Because all my mother's objects, they outlive her, right. and now they are dispersed, and they had so much meaning to her, but now they have not that same meaning to me, and they all go away and the things that she spent a long time collecting and just uh, she is not in her objects you know right when you see the that pottery wheel you don't think mom no and you'd no. be like that fucking thing <laughs> like i still got it <laughs> i got to sell it uh, i'm trying to sell her kiln oh uh, anyone who wants a kiln just uh, contact us at uh, noonerpodcast.gmail.com yeah. <laughs> and we will ship it out to you. Uh, good morning, Smurps. Good morning, Murps. Uh, Murps, by the way, stands for Minor Internet Radio Personality. Hey, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Following last week's single email incident, I am writing to help fill Marty's sack to bursting point. Well done. <laughs> I watched the Veronica Mars movie recently, along with the making of featurette that was included on the DVD. Featured prominently in this making of was Hollywood's Dan Etheridge, Daniel Derrickson Etheridge. It was strange, almost disturbing to see Dan speaking in such a restrained professional manner. There were uh, no what the fucks or sudden bursts of song. Producer Dan seemed very different to podcast Dan. It led me to then wonder how different real life Dan is to the other two. This brings me to a question. How different are our beloved podcast merps to professional and or real life counterparts? Continued thanks for the free funny, Ryan from Australia. Um, none of your fucking business, Ryan. Wait, wait. What is he asking? How, how, is he asking how is you different on the podcast than you are when you're not on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, oh. Yeah. And, and I'm saying it's none of his fucking business, you know? No, I think it's a little bit. I'm going to tell you. No, no, no. You, it's my iCloud. It's my iCloud. You, 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 I'm going to breach your privacy ah, right now. Oh, sex crime. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to make light of something that is really awful. I know Marty off the podcast, and I want to tell you something. He's remarkably similar. He is an, a genuine guy. He likes to have conversation. He sometimes gets himself tongue-tied the way he do here. <laughs> you take a long time to choke out the word sometimes. Uh, I would say that, uh, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like all of us, he struggles with negative thoughts sometimes. So do I. I relish in them. He, he struggles with negative relish. Uh, but you was very similar on yeah, the Nostra so. podcast. I think so. I try yeah. to be. Dan, however, is uh, he is uh, a consummate professional. So when you see him on the um, in a making of featurette, he's going to be representing the Veronica Mars brand to uh, to a T. Mm-hmm. So he definitely. Um, and you know, as a producer, he has to he has to be the rational, insane one. And I think that's why he likes doing the podcast because he gets to be the zany person he is. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I I totally get that, and um, yeah, and I think Bill is Bill is Bill, Steve is Steve. Yeah, I think we're all pretty much the same. I think that the people you see here on the podcast are closer to our real life counterparts than than say when we're being interviewed for something that is selling a product because we have nothing to sell here nothing <laughs> it's so sad like we uh, we get so excited to do this and like and then we just go back to our regular lives after after the mics shut down do you feel a little bit of grief after the mics shut down not grief just like oh that was fun nostalgia nostalgia misty you feel misty <laughs> I feel misty. Yes, that's uh, part misty and part yeasty. Misty, yeasty. Yes, I feel hungry. Ah, um, I w- because I did not get my oatmeal. <laughs> you can eat it off your foot. Well, floor mat. Um, Ray writes in, and Ray, I love it when you write in because you always have good things to say. Hey, so I'm pretty behind on on the podcast due to my wife and I having a three week old. No excuse. Oh, no ah, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. That's fantastic. But I was listening to the August 19th podcast, and a statement was made about the military being trained to use their weapons where the police not. I just wanted to say that this is not an entirely true statement. Having the training and using it are two different things. On the military side, I know plenty of people who don't handle their weapons properly um, the way we were trained to. And as for the police side, I can only speak for my department that we train all the time, uh, four times the state mandatory minimum, to make sure we can use our equipment properly. A big difference in our department is that we are a smaller department in a fairly affluent town, so we have a, a little more money to spend on uh, than a larger department. Just wanted to let you know that most of us are trained. Um, he's from Arizona, did you say? Uh, I forget where he's from. Oh. Um, but one thing, you know, and that's absolutely true, and I think one... Um, the bigger issue, I think, was uh, that the um, these riot police uh, in Ferguson they were pointing their weapons at people, uh, and they had you know these automatic weapons that they were pointing at people, 
and military people were chiming in and saying, we, uh, we don't point our weapons at people unless we intend to shoot them. Oh. And not, we don't point at them just to intimidate them or to yeah. get them get compliance. So, um, and that just shows, and it, I guess the bigger issue is like, there's been this militarization of the police yeah. and, and where they have all this equipment because they're encouraged to, to buy this surplus uh, military equipment and stuff that's been used in wars and is no longer being used. These anti-personnel carriers and these, you know, these giant uh, vehicles that are, are tricked out with, with guns that are, are protected against IUDs, which are, you know, is not an issue here. Yeah. Um, and that they're using this equipment without having the proper training to use that specific equipment. Mm. And so, may, and sure. And I, I think Ray's biggest point is that there are well-trained cops who act properly. And then there are well-trained uh, soldiers who do not act properly mm-hmm. or poorly trained soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, yeah, absolutely. But in the case of Ferguson, it, it did highlight this one issue that was, uh, of just there being a lot of big toys being used by police mm-hmm. improperly. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then he has a postscript. Also, the trend in lots of departments around the U.S. has been uh, to change the requirements from high school diploma to a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Uh, for example, the majority of us in my department have um, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, or one guy with a PhD. That's, that's neat. Wow. I Do they live- call him the professor? Yeah, yeah, detective professor. In, in, mo- in movies, any time somebody have a PhD, they, all the other guys, like in the jail, you know? Yeah. That's one smart guy, and they call him the professor. <laughs> um, yes, I think they do. This is gonna... And I like what you said, detective professor. Uh, and he also wrote in, or wrote in, God, I do get tongue-tied. He also emailed a recorded message. So we're going to listen to that. I have not listened to it. Two minutes long. Two Morning, minutes? Good morning, This is uh, Ray. Um, is we going to give black the whole two minutes? Uh, also a police officer. Mm-hmm. Just want to let you guys know, uh, I was listening to the conversation about uh, the body cams. And, um, you know, body cameras are awesome. Uh, I know there were some, some concerns about, like, housing the information and hesitant people. Um, working for the police department, but most police departments nowadays have in-car cameras um, and the infrastructure for housing that video is already there. When in-car cameras came into play, most police officers were kind of against it um, just because, you know, they're against change for some strange reason. Uh, I'm kind of a younger officer, so cameras and technology are awesome for us. But for the most part, after a couple years, it's been embraced. Um, I think the same thing's happening with body cameras. Like people are not seeing them as the same as the in-car camera for some reason. And they're like, oh, I don't want to wear this and I don't want to wear that. But I personally wear a body camera, um, which I bought on my own, uh, just because I'm a black officer in a predominantly white department that serves a predominantly white area. And uh, I get the kind of reverse racism type like thing going on, especially on traffic stops all the time. And it's great when you come up to a car and people are like, I just want to let you know I'm recording you. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I just want to let you know I'm recording you, too. And people's demeanor completely changed. <laughs> I've had an awesome. uh, arrest a gangbanger who was ready to fight. Uh, literally said to me, 
you have to work for this, son. And uh, I was like, that's fine. All this is on tape. And as soon as he saw me point to my body cam, he kind of, his demeanor completely changed. He was like, still combative, but he, uh, he <laughs> went a little place. peacefully, more peacefully, oh, just that's... more verbally combative than had I not had the camera on and we'd have been tussling. So I uh, just want to let you guys know that. Um, body cams are awesome. Uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, you guys have a nice day. Oh, right. That was that, that was really great. That was awesome. Thank That's great you. to hear. I mean, and it's great to hear from somebody actually in the thick of it. But the it sucks that you like that you have to have that as an insurance policy because of being black. That's just that just sucks, you know. I'm um, glad it's available. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. really glad it's available. Yeah, and, yeah. For all the the black cops in white neighborhoods before that techni- technology was around, that must have been uh, frustrating. I would like to hope that it will make people, uh, everybody, behave a little more rationally and calmly, knowing that they're being recorded. And to the point where that becomes the cultural norm. Yes. Where people aren't even thinking about body cameras. They just act nicely. Yes. yes. I was just looking at, they're having all these problems on airplanes, people getting into fights about the seats reclining because they have, uh, there's a device that you can buy that stop the seat in front of you from being able to recline. And so all these fights are getting started when somebody's seat don't recline. They look back, they see that the guy behind him is using this device mm-hmm. and they get in a fight. And plane, planes are having to be rerouted and land, emergency really? landing. Yeah, there was just one about an emergency landing. Oh, I, 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 I lost where it was. I, I think, think airlines should just prohibit the use of I those. I agree, but so far it has not been done and there's people getting in fights. But you see, that's what I mean. Like, if you knew that that behavior was being uh, re- uh, recorded. <laughs> well, these days everybody everybody records every altercation yeah. because uh, there was um, uh, because they can get it on YouTube. Uh, yeah. There was a a video of um, uh, one of these uh, uh, merchandise recovery guys. Uh, you know, they they look out for shoplifters at Walmart. Oh yeah. And so he's struggling with a guy in the parking lot who had shoplifted stuff. Two guys are struggling with him. And this what and another person is videotaping this. The guy who is um who's the the suspect reaches into his pocket, pulls out a knife and tries to stab one of the other guys. Mm. And then you hear the guy who's filming going, "Oh shit. Oh shit. Somebody call a cop. Somebody call a cop." And like He's got got a phone. phone. You're holding a fucking phone. Just do something. Be a good citizen. (gasps) And like, don't, don't just go for your thousand clicks, you know, your thousand click moment. Oh, but, well, but what if, if the footage can be used as evidence and you don't want to stop filming? Yeah, but also, I guess in the moment, better to help the person than to film. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're going to be... Yeah, what what does a better citizen do? Because like, you have the film footage of him pulling out the knife and trying to stab him. Why not try to... Call. Call, yeah. yeah. Uh, do, do you know what ended up happening? Uh, I think they, 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 they got him down on the... Yeah, they subdued him. Nobody yeah. got hurt. Yeah. Except I think the guy. I think he face-planted into the pavement. Um, Ouch. 
Good morning, uh, Merps and listeners. I will be listening live today. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I will be missing live today because I'm headed to Detroit for work. This is Peter W.G. from Connecticut. I wanted to give you an update and thank you again for mentioning uh, missing person Julie Roach over the past few weeks. Uh, the Newport Police Department have located her. She had, she'd run off. Um, and she's been taken off the missing persons database. So thanks for the support. Oh, that's great to hear, Peter. That's good news. And I also wanted to mention that I adore Giselle and think she's a wonderful addition what? to the ever-changing cast of Murps. That's really nice to say. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for all the free funny as always. Thank you, Peter WG. Um, it's, yeah, it's great having faithful listeners who um, appreciate what we do. That's really nice. Yes. Uh, Michael Binhock writes in from Germany. Hi, Merps. I did find last week's talk about writing a screenplay very interesting. What I'd like to know is how you develop the story and the characters before starting to write it. Do you research or do you consult other people when it's outside your knowledge? Thanks, Michael. That's a great question. I don't have a lot of experience with it. Uh, but for myself, I most of my personal writing stems from things that I have experienced myself. So that's my starting point is my own life. So that astronaut script that you wrote, wrote about the neurosurgeon uh, in <laughs> yeah, outer space? That one was not mine. <laughs> the oh, neurosurgeon oh. astronaut. Oh, I thought you were drawing from your own experience. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, um, but for the aspects of the script that I don't know about, I did jump on and do research. I think that's what writers do. I think he, he make a very good point. Yeah, you do research. I, I was once interested in writing about upholstery, uh, somebody who ran a sofa shop. Upholstery? Upholstery. Upholstery, yeah. You know, putting fabric onto furniture. Oh, sure. So I go around and I interview all these upholsterers. And f ask them what they do and how is it and how do you do it. I find that people uh, enjoy to talk about themselves. And if you approach them in a nice way and you say what you're doing and I'm interested, can I ask you some questions? Everybody really nice. They want to help. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah and they're, they're happy that somebody's interested in the thing that they've devoted their life to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this is also what I would say. Uh, you said, do you do research before you begin? I am a big fan of just jump in. Just jump in and, and begin. Even if you don't know what you're going to write or you don't know enough to write it, write what you do have so far because the momentum is so great and it feeds you and it makes you feel good about your creative work and yourself. And you can change direction after you start i would uh, uh say that if it's something that's very technical that you're writing about like about astronauts for instance um immersing yourself into that world and getting all the knowledge you can makes it much easier to write once you get to the writing stage that's true so it depends on what sort of if you're doing a fluffy romantic comedy and like, oh, I'll just make him a dentist. You know, you can worry about what uh, procedure he might be doing on a patient later and just like, yeah, he's filling a cavity. You know, whereas if it's something like gravity, you want to be as 
knowledgeable as possible. The movie Gravity. Yeah. Right. You have to know about space exploration before right. you start. Right. And the the uh, the pitfall is if you get just trapped in your research. Like I, I don't know, you know, and that becomes a a way to uh, procrastinate the actual writing. Yeah. And yeah. I've done certainly done that. Um, and but it is funny that you know because we've had debates uh, with a, another screenplay friend of ours who uh, he's done some historical uh, things uh, scripts and one of them I I asked him why he didn't re- research it or you know I said you should research it and he sort of fought it. he's like no it's a, it's a comedy it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be historically accurate and I just find like if you can have things be accurate that even if it's a broad comedy it just it it lends get down you get down good dog we have a little doggy interruption a giant doggy interruption yeah um but having that something that that actually happened and make that funny is interesting to me yeah you know? that's true and i think it makes it uh bruno real bruno you know you're not supposed to do it yeah, he really wants to get some Giselle time. You're a beautiful boy. Um, but you, what you said is true, though. I think if you ask somebody, like my brother-in-law, when he was writing a book about um, uh, someone having a, a stroke, he he dealt he dealt with a neurosurgeon and just got to spend a ton of time there. With. And he wrote about um, uh, nuns, and so he got to spend a bunch of time at a convent mm-hmm. and with a bunch of sexy nuns and uh, they were really willing to help and very interested in, yeah. in uh, and, and it made the book great, you know, yeah. it was very successful. And to your, to, to, to the person's other aspect of the question, uh, how do you decide what going to happen in the script? Did he say something like that? Oh yeah. About the plot or, um, yeah. What did, how do you develop the story? How do in, you develop the story? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question because it's it's a little bit uh, what do you say uh, big when something looming daunting daunting, mm-hmm. daunting. Uh, t- because when you're going to be writing a screenplay anything in the world could happen. How do you decide what things is going to happen in your movie? In 105 pages. In 105 pages. Uh so I don't know you imagine what you would like to see what you think would be interesting or funny. I think it also depends if you, um, like, you know, you have a concept uh, that you're working on right now, mm-hmm. and it started out more as a, a concept than a, a premise. Yeah. So if that makes any sense, so it's not like, um, what if the, uh, what if there was a serial killer that was, you the, know, married to a serial. Executive, a, a, a breakfast cereal executive. Yeah, and you call it serial killers. Um, which so that's is a, a premise. That's a premise. Whereas, like the concept would be, uh, how do you reconcile your dreams with the reality of life? Right, and I think when you have something like that, you develop the plot, and that can be very daunting. And I imagine that the trip started out like, wouldn't it be funny if we just, you know, just filmed our conversations, yeah. having dinner and, and just bickering and, and uh, one-upping each other. 
But you know, uh, sometimes if you have the concept, for me, it inspires me uh, like a puzzle. Like I say, I want to illustrate uh, somebody uh, 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 coming to peace after an, a, a very bad breakup. Or so I don't know. So if some concept that I, I feel that I want to talk about in my work, then it's like a puzzle. Okay, well, what scenario can I think of that will illustrate this concept? Mm-hmm. Or what analogy can I think of? And then it's like a puzzle, you know, just thinking of analogies. And when you get it down to, to make like, them work, when you get it to that level, that's it makes it very fun, you know. It's, it's, yeah, I it's, like that yeah. work. It's uh, it's good puzzle work. Yeah. fun. Um, but great question, and we, we can go. And uh, congratulations to the, who? Who is the person who wrote that? Michael. Oh, hello, Michael. Uh, congratulations to you, Michael, for starting your creative work in this way. Oh, I don't know if he said he was doing something creative. I think he's leaning to it. That's why he asked. I okay. want. I want to think that. Okay. All right. So. So I'm trying to use positive reinforcement to him. I. But. It's yeah. Okay. No. Yeah, good. Yeah. Go, Michael. Get cracking. <laughs> Just make it a little seven by seven grid. Give just the three reasons why you want to write your screenplay and get, get cracking. Um, James Haney writes in, this morning, this morning, this morning, this morning, this morning, it's the podcast version of a recursive reality loop. Hope it breaks soon. He's referring to our internet streaming problem. And it, it, it gives me a stomachache thinking about, about it. Uh, can you feel the earth turn? Can you hear the stars sing long days and pleasant nights? Todd Haney from Catawba, North Carolina. Uh, thank you, Todd. We feel like shit. Um, well, we will try to get that fixed. Uh, uh, one thing that... Uh, so, by the way, that's the mail sack. Thank you for contributing. That was, that was an excellent, excellent uh, mail sack. And thanks for... We had an audio one. I always like that. If you haven't emailed before, why not? Just get us a question. Let's do. And that's at uh, noonerpodcast at gmail.com. There's something that we do on the podcast for guests and that we haven't done for you, which I feel badly for. And uh, it's something um, that started when we used to have celebrity guests. And you're a celebrity as well. No. <laughs> uh, and it goes, it starts off a little like this. Coming at you in threes. Ah, gonna put you at ease. Ah, if you like it raw, well tough. It's called Marty Softballs. I'll just send, give you a few questions, and we're just going to just chat. You know, very, oh, very simple I, and straightforward. Uh, so, I think there was some innuendo in that. Uh, I don't know what you're talking jingle. about. You have a jingly innuendo. <laughs> that sounds like innuendo. What? That's your wallpaper. <laughs> You like it? You like? <laughs> I do. Yeah, it's from the, the, that was from the good years. Um, first one. What is the best kind of sandwich? Uh, you know, uh, the grocery store um, used to make one that was just a long, thin baguette with a little bit of ham and a little bit of Swiss cheese. And it don't have anything but those three Things baguette, ham, and Swiss cheese, and no, no mayo or mustard. No, that's what made it so interesting. It was really uh, simple and plain, and so just the saltiness and the creaminess of the ham and cheese 
come through really deep. Nice. It was lovely. It, oh, you had it once? Uh, I've had it more than once, but ever since I got my cholesterol reading, I had, no more. I had to cut out all, you know, mostly of that white bread and meat and oh, cheese. It's so delicious. But I, I think about the sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a the bakery I go to for those baguettes. Uh, they're really light and fluffy, and oh, but they're and they're very crisp on the outside, crispy. very uh, very soft on the inside. And they, it's a Vietnamese bakery. And they make these banh mi, which are like yeah, the put, sandwiches. Yeah, and it's like thin slices of meat and a uh, uh, little mayo and then um, pate. Mm-hmm. And then they put these little these lightly pickled vegetables oh, in there. Delicious. And then it is the best thing ever. It, like, it always makes me think, you know, when uh, the, the frat guy hold out his cup and he say, beer me, bro. <laughs> Beer me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I always think about when the, those sandwiches. Ban me. Ban me, bro. That is ridiculous. <laughs> you and your, your ethnophobic ways. Why can't you just embrace other cultures? Hey, oh, come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you are a big fan of, of uh, solo theater. And you, you, you practice it. Yeah, do, I enjoy do, to do storytelling. Do you call it storytelling or, or, or solo theater? Or do you call it um, monologuing? Or do you call it one-person shows? I guess it can be anything. These days I call it storytelling. It's okay. a little less... Uh, or, uh, a little less... Uh, I, I don't know the word, but it's a little less. <laughs> Pretentious? Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Who is your favorite uh, storyteller? Uh, the the dude who you okay. I'm always so forgetful, but the one with the the map <laughs> and he have a beard. No, he don't. Spalding Gray. Oh, he don't have a beard. No, he don't have a beard. Uh, rest uh, in peace. Yeah, he was really a great storyteller. And he did Man in a Box. He did uh, Swimming to Cambodia. Yeah. Those are the ones on film. Did you ever get to see him live? Uh, I don't remember. I don't think so. Uh-huh. And I, do you, which one of his stories? I think I saw Swimming to Cambodia. It's pretty fantastic. Just great. Yeah. Yeah. Did Jonathan Demi, I think, directed that? Okay. Okay. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um why, what makes him so great in your eyes? To me, what I liked about it was he was calm and uh, he don't have a flashy delivery style and just his words and his commitment to create painting a visual picture with words. Mm-hmm. really like it very much. Um, yeah, did, did you see the other one? The Man in a Box? Isn't that what it's called? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, that's amazing that, that that one performance that you held that is stuck in my mind that is, becomes your favorite yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. so for those of you don't, who don't know he, he uh, also committed suicide um, I did not know that either yeah, yeah he, do you he, know how he did it? he jumped off a bridge I believe and he drowned himself I'm oh. pretty sure oh. I'm trying to look it up right now but my fucking internet is is oh. Balking. You know, um, did we mention that movie, The Bridge? 
Have we spoken of that? Uh, the television series? No, no. There is a movie called The Bridge. It's a documentary about people committing suicide off of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Uh, yes. Um, how do you feel about the ethics of that? So people got paid like 10 bucks or 20 bucks an hour to film the bridge 24-7. Like, so, oh, they had a person on the camera? I thought they just had the camera set No, up. because then they had to follow the person. Oh, right. So they, Tilt down. Yes, pan left. Um, uh, zoom in. It's a bigger concept than I can address yeah. myself. I, see, I, I can see what you mean about that it's unethical. I also saw the movie and loved it, and it made me more compassionate to feel more compassionate and understanding of the suicidal uh, thought and mental illness. I think the director um, defended it, saying that there would be no way to get there in time right. you know, if they called the police. And I think they did call the police. I think they, that I read that they, they, that they said they would call the police, yeah. but they could not get there in time, time anyway. Right. It just seems uh, there's a sort of predatory voyeurism to, to filming it's just true. people dying. You make a good point. And they f- there's the, the, mo- the film is unflinching. They set up camera a mile away from the Golden Gate Bridge under a pretense they got permission from the city under a pretense. They did not come clean about that they was just filming suicides and looking for suicides. But they did it, and they film over a year, and they catch a number of suicides. They catch them some at night that are indistinct, little shadows falling. They catch some that were... Uh, where people rescue them and pull the people back before they can jump. They catch people jumping. And in the case of one guy, they, they catch him broad daylight and the camera follow him the whole way, da- the whole way down. Oh. So it is a pretty intense movie. Yeah. They also interview uh, friends of people who have done it and family. They interview one guy who did it and changed his mind halfway through. And lived. Right, right. I, I saw the interview with that guy. Yeah. So it's a really fascinating film. It is voyeuristic. It is a big ethical gray area. And I saw it, and I'm glad that I saw it. It sticks with me in my mind. I'm glad I saw Kate Upton's boobs. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I saw it. It's an ethical gray area. Glad that I saw it. Um, Spalding Gray, his mother uh, committed suicide and he had struggled with depression. And even yeah. though he had children, um, he uh, committed suicide and, and they don't know exactly how, but he was found um, in Greenpoint, uh, Brooklyn. He had uh, drowned. So it's very, very sad uh, just... Depression, and it, I think it's very hard to grasp how people get to that point. Um, All we can do is try to have compassion. Have you seen um, Eric Bogosian? I love Eric Bogosian. Bogosian. And he Bogosian. is very different from um, Spalding Gray. Yes, he have a he have a current of rage in him. Intensity and yeah, yeah. I've seen him live, I believe. And I've seen his films, his uh, sex and drugs and rock and roll. 
Mm-hmm. Great, great, beautiful work. Um, He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And does, does he still uh, write and perform? I, he has not mentioned it to me. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, but I'm gonna Eric, look it up now. Eric, will you just tweet in and let us know what you're up to? Yeah, he's right. an intense it's guy. At Nooner Dan Marty, and I'm sorry, it's Monster in a Box, not Man in a Box. Man in a Box is an Allison Chain song. Oh. Um, yes. Thank you for that. Yep. Okay, so that uh, is answers that question. Yeah. Then the third one. Okay. And I have to uh, admit, not much of a softball. This is going to be a hard ball. Okay. This is unprecedented. I'm ready for whatever one of your balls you want to give me. Okay. If you were forced to uh, end someone's life, you know, and not, you wouldn't have to pull a trigger or anything. You would just have to. The button? It would be the button. Bam! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was the movie called? Uh, the, the box. The, the box, yeah, and you yeah. get a million dollars or something. Yeah, I was the, asking Helmut, Helmut, if you was given the button and Helmut just go, bam, I said, wait, you don't even hear what you get. He says, I don't care, bam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, if uh, you're doing the Tumblr, there's a, a great sketch of that very thing where there, <laughs> somebody says, um, presents this box to this couple and says uh, if uh you know when you press this button someone in the world will die Bam! <laughs> doesn't even get to the million dollar part same same thing it's so funny but okay so if i had to uh, if you were forced to end someone's life yes and you would by pressing a button but you had to press the button but the difference is you get to choose whose life it would take no problem okay go on uh it would be tempting to think of all the people that have hurt my feelings in my life and pick one of them and say, now you get to pay for hurting my feelings. But... Oh, it, it can't be somebody who's terminally ill or... Oh, that's what I was going to say. I, Oops, oh, okay. sorry, I didn't, get, I didn't read that last part of the question. The caveat. Caveat. Cannot be someone who's terminally ill. So, okay, that make it much harder. I thought I had an out. Nope. Well, well, well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then there's no right answer. So anything I say is just going to be horrible. Yes. Then I would pick a newborn baby. <laughs> a beautiful. A beautiful, innocent, cute, innocent newborn, newborn baby, baby. Because there's not as much of an investment yet. Right. Oh, that's, uh, that's good. I like that. And because they would not know so much. Uh, you know, they, they don't. The the brains st- still have. W- would the person know? Is it going to be a slow death or a quick death? Quick death, just instant. Yeah, okay. Then I will say baby, because it's just a hypothetical. Right, right. From a very young, fertile couple, you know, because then they yes. can just have a ton more. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's the bad thing to do for a couple. Then I would hurt them. Yeah, you're going to hurt mm-hmm. somebody no matter what. Can I then? Okay, then an old person. Just, Who's not terminally ill, but, but someone just kind old. of like smelly and useless you know, and cranky. You know, it's really making me mad these without a days family because he keeps saying insensitive things. Uh, the internet, Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> he he say a lot of insensitive. I, I things. I used to like him a lot, and I just noticed that 
He says some pretty incendiary things that are thoughtless. He's a little rude. Oh, and so, you just you just came to this. So if I well, I did not want to be rude. <laughs> I don't want to be around. I this. tried to be compassionate. I tried to understand. I tried to say, Rush Limbaugh have needs. He's emotional too. He have emotional needs. He have conditioned beliefs that make him behave in a certain way. We all do. Mm-hmm. So I try to be understanding, but uh, he, he can be rude. So maybe him. <laughs> just, just for being rude. Well, I, well, who would you pick? Well, I was just getting to that. See, like for him, I feel he's just a douchebag, but is, is he doing any actual damage? Like, and I thought about like, okay. Yes. I believe he is doing damage. And I thought about, like, how the Supreme Court has such power right now. And it's because it leans conservative. We you get these uh, restrictions to birth control and, you know, just slowly eroding away at... at And you're saying that does more damage than Rush Rush Limbaugh's Limbaugh's Uh, actual negative. Right. It's a different kind of damage. Uh, Our legislators, yes... They they do things that have a direct effect on people, but Rush Limbaugh is contributing to a shallow uh, uh, conversation. And uh, what is it when things are now just black and white and people yes, are polarizing? Polarizing, that's the word, polarizing and not civil, reasonable discourse. Uh, and I think that is contributing incrementally to a more combative society, a more fearful, fearful society. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I do think he's doing damage. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a very subtle thing to, to measure and uh, to, to say what are the consequences of that other than people being jerks. Right. And um, I think... And so, anyhow, I thought about, like, maybe one of the Supreme Court justices, so then you could... You would kill a Supreme Court justice? Just to ch- change the balance. Oh, but then I just thought, to mix it up, man. Just to mix it up, man. You know, <laughs> just go crazy. Uh, but then I thought, like, like the, none of the... Well, I don't know if they're evil or not. But also, it's just like that is, would be a very undemocratic thing for me to do uh, oh, in I'm, my quest to protect democracy. Is, I'm pretty angry at the behavior of the... Of, um, let me say this. I'm pretty angry about what I have read and heard about the behavior of the Islamic State. Okay. So I would be very... Of Iraq and Syria. Yes, in northern Iraq and the treatment of the minorities there and Mm -hmm. all this mess. But see, I don't know. I think they purposely have made, uh, not created a figurehead from that group that we can focus our vitriol on. They're very smart. Yeah. Well, okay, so if I had a chance... Could I do some research in this uh, hypothetical situation? Nope, I just have not, to name no. a name. Yeah. By the way, let us know. Uh, that's at Nooner Dan Marty, Nooner Podcast at gmail.com. I would decided on Kim Jong Un. Whoa, really? Yeah. I, I'm. He's. I think he's responsible for several uh, the the uh, incarceration, false incarceration of millions of people. Yeah. And uh, and it's. I'm. Pretty sure he's killed people or had people put to death. Uh, and didn't his accountant just uh, uh, seek asylum? 
didn't I, I read? Or I his know. banker, something um, like that? Um, that uh, could be the case. He's just seeking asylum. Uh, I think that um, there he's, there is, that would actually create sort of an instability in North Korea where they would have to reevaluate how their power structure is and because there is no heir um, to the throne right now. The throne, the presidency, uh, quote-unquote. So I think that would have the most positive effect, maybe. Mm. So hmm. that, that's what I came up with. And I also felt like I would have no, no moral problems of not having him in the world anymore. This question, I used to think a lot that I would like to have this kind of power. But now it no. scares me no, too it's, much. No, it totally scares me, yeah. To the power to kill one person or the power to... If, if, ever, if I was ruler of the world for one day, all that kind of thing, I don't want it. Yeah, there's actually it's a, too much. A, a manga, you know, comic book, a Japanese comic book called Death Note where this boy, he could write a name in this book and whoever that, whatever name he wrote, that person would die. And he uses this book to become supremely powerful. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues, yeah. Well, I mean, it had some wacky moments in it. You know, it's Japanese. Um, all right, well, so that's, you survived the softballs. Thank you. You named an old man, an old <laughs> childless man with no family. It's a terrible question. I know. You know I, the it's question a hardball. The question is really not a good question because it just leads us away from a peace with what is. And I don't mean fight or work toward ending suffering, but there will always be suffering. And one way for us not to be yet another body on the heap to quote my teacher, Catherine Ingram, is to feel peace in ourselves. And that from is that there, Catherine with a C? It's with a C, yeah. Okay. Catherine with a C, Catherine Ingram. Uh, to feel peace in ourselves, and from there we can feel compassion for ourselves and for everybody. And, and that's a good place to start. And that's a wonderful place to end today's episode of the Smodcast's morning show on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. Um... Oh, I'm supposed to do this when I do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, but that's... can I say one last thing? Sometimes I feel embarrassed. We're not a great ending. No, go ahead. Sometimes I feel embarrassed talking about compassion because I know it's it maybe is boring and it's not good podcast. You know, we we're supposed to be snarky and say who we want to kill. And I'm saying, let's be compassionate. Okay. <laughs> If you guys want less compassion, please email in at noonerpodcast at gmail.com and let your vitriol go. Woohoo! All right, we will see you next Tuesday. Oh, wait. No, sorry. I have to. I'm going to stop that. We will not be here next Tuesday. Where are you going to be? Uh, I'm going out of town, so we will not be here next Tuesday. We will take the week off, and hopefully that will give Time Warner enough time to fix things. Hopefully that will get me enough time to take care of some business that is long overdue with uh, the T-shirts and some other things. And, um, and yeah, so... We talk no, to you in two weeks. Yeah, we will see you in two well, that doesn't spell anything good. All right. We'll see you next, next Tuesday. Next, next. Next, next Tuesday. Bye. If that box.
has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.